Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. If you're a little confused about where we are in the service today, we've had morning prayer, we had a short mass-like thing where instead of uh, having the Eucharist, we blessed palms. That included a whole introit, entrance chant, uh, an epistle, a gradual chant, a gospel reading, and then the blessing of palms. Then we processed with the palms, then we came back, and then we began the Mass, like we're accustomed to. It's a lot going on today, and I don't want to um, uh, speak any longer than is necessary to give Father Ben's uh, voice a chance to recuperate, <clears throat> because the service itself tells us most of what is important to learn today. So I'm just going to help us um, decipher some of the things the service is telling us. In the Mass, everything is passion-related. It's about the suffering of Jesus, his sacrifice. But at the procession with palms, everything was victory-related. We heard um, uh, shouts of joy and victory and salvation and healing um, and even resurrection. And so what links these two things together? There is, in all of the propers, um, uh, various hymns and, and things, uh, prayers that um, clue us into what's going on, but something that's not as explicit in the propers, but is an interpretive key to a lot of what's going on, is in Psalm 118. That's where the shouts of the Hebrews and of uh, us this morning come from, Hosanna in the highest, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Psalm 118, Hosanna. In verse 25, in our translations, like in our uh, service book, our morning and evening prayer, it says, help me now, O Lord. Some other translations say, save now. In Hebrew, that's Hosian na, save now. And in the next verse, 26, we read, blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So when Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, people are saying, verse 25 and 26 of Psalm 118. Why? What's the point of reciting verses from this psalm? Well, it's because from a long time, people realized that this was a messianic psalm. This is the prophecy of the Messiah coming. It begins with encouraging Israel, the whole nation of Israel, the house of Aaron, that is all the priesthood, and them that fear the Lord, or God-fears as they are called, basically anyone else from uh, all over the world who had come into the nation and uh, were worshipers of Yahweh to uh, declare that God's mercy endures forever. Then the psalm shifts to the first-person words of the Messiah himself, saying things like, I called upon the Lord in trouble, and the Lord heard me. The Lord is at my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. The Lord takes my part with them that help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire upon mine enemies. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put any confidence in man or princes. All nations were surrounding me, but the name in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They kept me in on every side. They kept me in, I say, on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They came about me like bees and are extinct even as the fire among the thorns, for in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. 
This is martial language. This is the Messiah speaking of his victory over everyone who is against him. They have thrust at me that I might fall, but the Lord was my help. The Lord is my strength and has become my salvation. The voice of joy and health in the dwellings of the righteous, the right hand of the Lord bringeth mighty things to pass, etc., etc. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. So this is clearly a messianic psalm, and the people knew this. They also knew Zechariah's uh, prophecy about the Messiah entering into Jerusalem, seated on a donkey. And in this Psalm 118, we hear in verse 19, open me the gates of righteousness that I may go into them and give thanks unto the Lord. What are the gates of righteousness, if not the gates of Jerusalem? So this is why the people with excitement in their voice, thinking about what Jesus, this the best candidate for the Messiah that they know of, who's this healer, clearly God is with him. His words confound uh, the other teachers. Here he comes intentionally fulfilling this prophecy of the Messiah, and so they are singing the Messianic song as he comes in. The prayer that God will save now, save now, Hosiana, becomes a, a, a shout of praise because they believe it's happening now. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Who is he? He's the Messiah. He's coming in the name of Yahweh. And so this is the reason for the shouts of victory. But we are participating in that procession 2,000 years ago as Christians here today in the church. As Father Ben was saying, when we say remember, what we're doing is putting the arms and the legs back onto something. We're remembering the reality so that we can participate. We're putting our arms uh, as the ones holding the palms that day. We're using our legs as the ones escorting Jesus into Jerusalem. And because it's us now, we know what's to follow, which is why we had the Passion Gospel read. But right here in this psalm, the psalm of victory, the psalm uh, that declares how the Messiah is going to rescue Israel, the way he was going to do it is already shown. At the time, Israel didn't know that when all the nations are encompassing the, the Messiah, who God is going to save, that their own nation was one of those. It was the nation of Israel, together with Rome, who through their empire represented all the other nations of the world, that had come against the Messiah. When they surround him like bees, it's the people who are escorting him with palms that are going to be the ones surrounding him soon to put him to death. Jesus is the suffering Messiah. He's the one who saves through his death. And that's why this psalm connects the shouts of joy to the passion gospel. When we remember today, we are holding together the two realities. We remember the excitement and, and what the expectations were, but now we know how it's to be accomplished. But that means that we neither get lost in the excitement and think of Jesus or God solely as this martial warrior who's going to just stamp out his enemies. Neither do we uh, get lost in the sorrow of the, the passion, but we hold them together and recognize God is the conqueror, but he does it through his humility and self-offering. And so 
If I can do anything today, it would be to make you remember Psalm 118 every time you think of Palm Sunday, or every time you read Psalm 118 to think of Palm Sunday, to unite these together in your mind. If possible, go home this week and meditate on every line of this psalm and see how it holds both of these realities together. How until Jesus performed his self-offering, no one understood how this psalm really worked. But now that we have the victory of Christ through his suffering and death, we see how this psalm was prophetic, not just about the coming of a martial victor, but of the coming of the suffering servant. So that's the, the dual attitude, the antinomy that we have to hold together in our hearts and our minds as we continue on this Holy Week. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.